0: Welcome to the podcast. I appreciate you for being here. Before we listen to my next guest, I want to ask that if you like the podcast, please subscribe to the channel and leave a positive review so we can grow this channel. I've been working really hard for you guys to grow by putting systems in place that bring on guests who are very valuable to you. And I'm just going to be honest, it hasn't been an easy ride. So I would certainly appreciate your support. Also, let me know your thoughts by texting me at 714-294-0269. Again, 714-294-0269. Last time, 714-294-0269 to ask about details and to receive future podcasts directly to your cell phone. Let's continue with the podcast. Hi, how are you? <laughs> I'm fine, thank you. How are you? Good. good. Early, early morning for you. Yeah, a little bit. It's okay,
1: though.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, I hope your uh, day is going well. How, how, what time is it over there?
1: Uh, so right now it's uh, f- four in the afternoon. It's four
0: in the afternoon. Okay. Um, great. Awesome. Uh, so again, thank you for, you know, having this podcast with me. You know, we post this on iTunes. Have you listened to my podcast by any chance? Yeah, some of them. Some of them. Okay. Yeah, yeah I'm getting that a lot lately, you know. I,
1: I, should, I shouldn't lie. I haven't listened to everyone, but uh, some episodes. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. That's awesome. That's awesome. I'm uh, appreciative of that. So tell me a little bit about, um, you know, how you got your early start here and um, in how you've potentially, I want to progress to how you've grown to the level you're at right now. Um, But yeah, just tell me a little bit about your early beginnings.
1: Yeah, you you can say like my entrepreneur start really started out when I was a teenager selling flowers to the whole neighborhood in in Sweden. (laughs) Uh, So that was more or less when I experienced like what uh, sales with a uh, successful product could could mean and create happiness for more or less everyone involved. I earned a lot of money and uh, the customers was really happy that they got the most beautiful Christmas flower uh, that they could. So, so, so that was like when I started to, to realize that I probably wanted to work with sales and building companies in, in any way and, and I was about like 10 uh, back back then wow, wow. And, and, and after that uh, I've been a bit the traditional entrepreneur that started companies or business ideas based a lot on frustrations. So, like when I saw things that didn't work, I more or less tried to solve them and and then built a business around them. So, I have actually a quite technic- technical uh, background. So I am in engineering, but uh, that was too boring. So I, I <laughs> went back to sales and sales uh, early two thousand and started the CRM industry uh, and become the sales leader of the biggest CRM in the Nordics. And uh, my biggest frustration back then was like, how can we scale this sales team in, in a smarter way, uh, working more efficient and so on? So that was actually when I started my first real company. Uh, and that was in the lead management. Uh, and, and later on, did a pivot to marketing automation. So l- like, how can we generate better leads to be more efficient, to work with the prospects that actually... Uh, is interested in in buying uh, products from us Um, so so you can say we more or less defined marketing automation back in 2007 so i know that you talked a lot about marketing automation back in the days in 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 sweden it was very uncommon and people didn't really understand what it was about so that was a great journey and uh, selling that company back in 2013 discussed a little bit what's the biggest frustration we actually have right now and it was not lead generation back then because marketing automation was a buzzword bus even even in, uh, in Europe uh, in 2013 so it was more or less like how can we make sure that we actually have control of the sales process in the last mile because our biggest frustration was what happened from the quote stage until we actually signed the contract uh, and when we started to, to dig deeper in this topic, we found out that actually sixty percent of all sent uh, quotations just end up in a black hole status quo, valley of death, call it whatever you want. Nothing yeah. happened, and you only lose sixteen percent to like a real competitor and that 's always what you complain all about uh, all, all the time about like oh, if we just had that feature and, and if we could just like solve this. Uh, but it 's only sixteen percent and twenty four percent of the proposals you win, and uh, everyone can agree that yeah, one out of four is is our win rate, but the biggest frustration that we wanted to solve was, was the sixty percent that just end up in status quo mm. uh, so you can say that that was actually the reason why we started get accept uh, and building up business before in in Asia and Europe, our big hairy a goal was of course to, to start our SaaS business in, uh, in the US so that was the, the reason why we started the company in the US and also applied to Y Combinator that really kicked this journey off fast so oh really from, uh, from, okay so from application to, to uh, we, I needed to talk with my wife and kids that in two weeks we need to move to California <laughs> that was a crazy time in our life
0: Oh, wow. So you're not in California now. Um, so
1: right, no, long, I'm right now I'm, I'm in Sweden, actually.
0: How long did you live in California for?
1: Uh, three years.
0: Nice. Where did you, where did you live?
1: Uh, in Redwood City, so just uh, in between Palo Alto and San Francisco. So we had one small office in Palo Alto and, and the headquarters in San Francisco. Oh, so it was, nice. it was good to be in between. And nice. a little bit better weather also compared to San Francisco. <laughs>
0: how did you, you like it? Was it?
1: Oh, I loved it. Uh, I, I mean, what can be better? You have a uh, like a big city with just people like you that loves business and entrepreneurship, and at the same time, I can go uh, skiing the weekends and surfing on on, uh, on the other day. So it it was like just perfect for me. It fits all my interest in in, <laughs> in, in one kind of place.
0: Gotcha. Uh, you said you sold the company. What was the company before Get Accept that you sold?
1: Uh, it was called ProspectEye. It, it was the lead management and marketing automation company.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay, cool. And uh, you just, so all you did really was find a need in the marketplace and then solve for that need. Uh,
1: yeah. And I mean, if you have the pain yourself, many times you're definitely not alone. So, so that's always like how we start. Really yeah. make sure that we make something people want.
0: And then uh, to what level did you grow the last company?
1: So the last company was uh, uh, 25 when they sold it, and, and uh, people, and when we left the company, it was 350. Uh, wow. Like in 2015. Okay. And we started to get accepted instead.
0: Interesting. Okay. And so you love SaaS companies then? You love to develop and, and build SaaS companies, and, uh, and obviously you're talking to White Combinator, or you, you've already uh, got, gotten an investment from Y Combinator, I'm guessing, Yeah. So, you know, why why have you seen, you know, such success at this point when there's a lot of people, entrepreneurs, that are failing? Um what do you what do you think you've done well above most people that has gotten to this stage?
1: I, I think it's mostly two things. Uh, first of all, you really need to make sure that it's actually like a real pain, that, that uh, like we said before, so, something that, that people really uh frustrated about and, and they're really looking for, for a way to, to solve it. And the second thing is that you need to be passionate because you need to work as a <laughs> As a startup entrepreneur, you need to work day and night uh, the first years. And, and you need to understand that because it's, it's, it's a hard work. It's a tough journey. And you will only be successful like when you zoom out and look at your company. Like, oh, what did we actually do last year? Oh, it was quite good. But you ask me on a daily basis, it's always going on. Some problems you need to solve and stuff like that. So you yeah. really need to be so dedicated and work day and night. Did, did
0: you uh, feel like you were failing most of the time and then all of a sudden you were like, wow, okay, we're getting somewhere.
1: Yeah, of course. Start to get tracked. And I mean, when you work very closely to customers, uh, you need to, to be proud when you get great feedback from the customers. But at the same time, you also need to like, listen to the feedback and, and develop your company. In, in-
0: yeah, every time, every time I've uh, aimed for a big goal and hit it, <laughs> the whole time, trying to accomplish it, it felt like I was failing.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, that, that, that's I mean, It's so hard to understand like, like uh, uh, how long the journey is until you reach success. Uh, because you, when, when, you, when we just got, got accepted into Y Combinator, oh, just wait three months. When we're out of Y Combinator, this company will just be a huge success. And when we're just out from Y Combinator, okay, now it starts for real. So you always like, push yourself uh, into new goals. Uh, and I think that's how you need to do it to, yeah. to make sure to, to be successful.
0: Yeah. Do, do, you, do you think everybody should uh, be on this journey because it's so difficult and you, you recognize that too. Um, it's not for everyone. Would you agree?
1: Uh, absolutely not. I, I think it will uh, uh, destroy a lot of uh, family situations and marriage, so of course. Uh, and, and I mean, working day and night, of course, it's a challenge for me as well. I have a wife and two kids. Uh, they, you need to, to have conversations that they accept that sometimes you need to travel a lot. Uh, I, I mean, I'm still visiting at least San Francisco one week per month. Uh, and then we have four other uh, countries uh, we have offices in in europe as well so it's a lot of traveling and you need to have a family situation that that can solve that and, and you also need to to understand how your body works with your stress level and like sleeping a little bit less than maybe average yeah
0: <laughs> so true um so okay so you, you have your all-in-one um platform um and so what this does is it it um you can use video, you can do live chat with it. Um, and because I'm kind of curious myself, how can I close more, more deals through this platform?
1: Yeah, you, you can say what we want to achieve with, with, with Get Accept is, is that we want to bring back business so it's done like it was back. You met in a room, you had conversations, you talked about pains and your needs, and then you could agree and do the handshake. But it doesn't work like that because you have a lot of content and you have a, a lot of conference tools like this, uh, like, like sitting in a video meeting, like, like you and me, uh, content is just shared. So you have no control uh, longer of the s- different stakeholders involved. It's try to, it's hard to be, be personal, uh, since meet the customers. So, so what we want to achieve with our platform is like, like we want to do it like before making the customer feels that they're actually buying something not being sold to, because nowadays, uh, many times the process look like you have an online meeting, you send a quote and then the the rat game starts. The the sales rep just call you and chase you. uh, And every time they they, they want to close the deal, you just uh, raise your sales shield. So so you want to to create like a place where you can interact and have conversations in a much more natural way uh, when actually the prospects or the potential customer wants. That's why
0: we... Yeah they call it ghosting in the states.
1: <laughs> yeah exactly. So, so that's why we have like live chat and, and, and that you can communicate in so many yeah uh, many different channels uh, m- more like how the customers want to interact and I also use videos so you can be so much more personal when you're actually going through like the uh, the quote and so on but because people are so tired of reading long quotes and a lot of content they want much more like like a quick and understanding the, the most important parts so yeah.
0: yeah i agree i agree and there's nothing more painful than doing a, a long quote for someone and then they just ghost you or they just don't talk at all from that point on and that exactly. is that is okay, not so, a fun so that's
1: process. the 60 <laughs> percent. yeah it's no, not a fun no no, and it's not fun for, for, for either party. I, I mean, both the, the, the buyer, it's, it's not fun to like hide and, and, and just like don't answer when you know people try to get, to get hold of you. And, and it's not fun to, to chase another one not understanding if they're actually interested or not what's happening. So, um, no, I, I think that's one of the reasons why, why sales become more and more like dirty because it's, it's just been complicated and, and we want to make it easy and simple again
0: yeah absolutely. Um, would you, w- what is your core strength? Is it like um, selling? is it operations? what would you say is your core strength?
1: My strength I would say is the three things uh, understanding like the product vision, uh, of course understanding uh, sales and how, and how to build up a sales team uh, efficiently, both uh, like online e-commerce and and also building up a, a, a real sales team with, with reps. And uh, the third, maybe the most important one, when you're building up companies, is to, to build a company with a great and strong culture. Uh, I would say these are my three uh, most strong skills, you, you can say. And then I have a lot of other things that I need. <laughs> Good people around me, like uh, uh, handling all administration, finance, and so on. Uh, <laughs> so many other much better than me on, on that.
0: Yeah, definitely, 100%. Um, okay, so then, so then sales teams. Um, right now, when you're fleshing out, when, when you've built out your sales team,
1: uh,
0: are you paying your sales team on on a base plus commission? Or how, how, how are you working with your sales yeah. team?
1: Uh, it's base plus commission, but we really try to, to work much, much more as a team. So it's, it's a lot of uh, team commissions and so on, and also company goals so so which we really try to 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 both uh, make all sales reps to to, to like uh, develop and be better so we have have a really uh, Strong career plan called Get Next. So, like when you start at, at Get Next, we really work like what what is the next goal you want to achieve? Like what direction in the company do you want? Do you want to work more with customer success or enterprise sales or like what direction do you want? And and then we t- together work in, in different. Uh, we call it squads. So so. Uh, instead of having like one room with SRs, one room with, with uh, account executives and one room with customer success, we actually have, have copied what they did in uh, development teams for, for a lot of years, uh, like, like 10 years ago. Uh, I think it was Spotify that started to work in squads. Like you have one backend, one frontend uh, uh, and, and one designer in one team and then they are responsible for some part of the product. We actually did the same, but for the sales uh, teams. So we have one uh, SDR, booking meetings. We have one account executive handling the process, one customer success, taking care of the uh, customers. And then we also have one one marketeer that, that really helps helps and, and work with sales operations and, and, and content. And then they, they get specialized in different type of uh, industries uh, or segments and uh, just work more efficient and, and uh, in in a better way, and then they also get commissions based on how they work as a team. So that's a little bit different. than A lot of other companies we have uh, seen.
0: Yeah, um, interesting. Can you? Can, okay, so can you talk about how you onboard your your team, and then work your way up to um, your compensation a little bit more? And because um, I think people are curious as to how. You know, people build successful sales teams, and and have you built it to to the point where you don't have to manage it as much, or is it a, a constant management process? Uh,
1: yeah, let's start how we onboard the the team. So so we work very closely with finding the right people. I think that's that's the core in building a successful business, uh, having people that fits you and so on. So we work a lot with speed dates, meaning that that uh, we bring in like thirty to 50 at one time and then they have five different rooms where, where they can interact with the with, um, employees and uh, they have uh, different type of challenges and different type of interviews and everyone uh, gives different type of points and then we agree of um, words directly which one that should continue to to a deeper interview uh, and case process, and which one is just like, yeah, oh, great to meet, but uh, get accepted is probably not for you. So after that, when, when we have found really the, like the right candidates, we have a two weeks onboarding process. And it doesn't matter if you work in France, Norway, Denmark, uh, San Francisco, Everyone gets onboarded actually in Sweden, and the reason why we onboard people in Sweden is that, that this is the only office where we have all the different uh, departments represented, both marketing, uh, dev team, and um, and sales. So, so that's why we want to bring them. All place to to like meet the whole company board Uh, so so they spend two weeks here uh, with with a lot of (laughs) tasks a lot of exercises a lot of team building activities day and night and and they live together and uh, after two weeks they go back to to each country and and to the offices and then we uh, try to bring them here uh once every quarter Uh, and then we have a lot of online interesting uh,
0: so you bring you bring them to you you train them, and then they go back and become outside sales reps, but on a salary, right? Yeah. Got it.
1: Wow. Uh, and, and then we have like a lot of online meetings. So we have having uh, weekly sessions so we, we can constantly develop them because when you start to develop a person, they will start to look at another position at another co- company. So I think that's why we have so low share and so high employee MPS because they really love what, we, what we're doing. Uh, and, and we challenge them all the time. So we really try to bring the uh, the employees to get together a lot. And one thing I actually think is, is a big success as well is to, to host great company parties. So that's actually something I'm not giving away to anyone else as a founder. I think <laughs> I, sh- I want to be responsible for creating great parties where people... Uh, can see what what we want to, to tell with our culture and, and, and how we should should really try to have fun together. So uh, I I said <laughs> when I'm not allowed to have the company parties anymore, I'm 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 not in.
0: Mm. <laughs> yeah. Got it. Got it. What do you do at the company parties? That's so uh so amazing. Tell me.
1: Yeah, uh, I, I i think we always combine that with some great uh, exercise or or some uh oh. it 's always like a theme uh, yes. so we so it's always like a one and a half day uh, trip somewhere and, oh that's awesome uh and, and, and i think people really like w- when they can like dress out uh, or something else because then you remove all that, like uh, if you're a manager or not everyone can can can, can be on the same level uh, and just uh, Prepare. I think preparation is key. Uh, Like, like if you just create a big party ad hoc, it will just be like a great party. If you're preparing details, activities, that's what makes it unique. Really make sure that everyone gets seen.
0: Okay. And and how many uh, right now, how many employees do you have now? Uh,
1: Right now, we're 112.
0: 112. Okay. And across five countries. Across five countries. All right. Um, At this point, so you were at 350 at one point you're at 112 this at this point um at some point do you feel that you'll be able to step away from the business and it will be able to run itself or do you feel like you're always going to be engaged in the business
1: in, in one way I, I want to be engaged but but uh, uh the good thing to be here on a daily basis I arrived at uh, what Two days ago, from uh, being in Asia in six weeks, so I'm working remote with my family. Uh, we, we did a relocation to, to Asia, and just seeing how the company just continues and everything works, I, I think one thing we implemented that really solved that in a good way: OKRs. Uh, everyone understands where the company wants, the company vision, and what they should do, and it's so easy for them to self-manage in, in one way. So I can say we have more or less come to the point where I can see, yeah, the company can survive and they actually don't really need me anymore. But in one way, I still want to be involved.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it's like you love the business that much and, uh, and you want to be involved, but you don't really need to at this point.
1: Not in detail. Of course, I want to think in one way that, that taking care of the product vision and, and, and the culture, that's pr- probably where they need me the most, uh, taking care of the sales that they can do themselves now. But uh, com- uh, product vision and, and company culture, I think that's that's unique from the founders. Uh, yeah, uh, I love it. Uh, it's good to have it.
0: that core strength because, you know, when you build out your team, you, the culture is really, really important and you have to protect it, you know very much so, um, with everything you have in business. So, um, that's great. Yeah. I think there's a lot to learn from you. I think that you've definitely <clears throat> done a lot of successful things with, with, uh, your company. And I think the listeners will definitely take away a lot from what you have to say. Um, <clears throat> so can you tell me about your sales process, what you're doing? Do you use your own platform? Um, <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, tell me about your sales process what what does that look like and then we'll start talking about culture in a bit
1: yeah you can you can say we have three four different uh, channels or or different processes so first of all we work very closely with a lot of partners so so that's how how we work closely with like partners uh, make sure that that we get integrated in a good way and then we have like the no touch meaning the the person just finding our, our platform on, on online and signing up and start to use it. And we, we try to actually to not uh, disturb them too much because we, we think uh, having full control of the data analytics, how, how many of that converts and so on, gives us much better understanding how we can can make the platform even better, because if we disturb them, call them and chase them, uh, then we will not understand li- like what we need to improve in the platform to make it uh, better, uh, no touch. And then we have the traditional SMB process w- uh, with a sales cycle of uh, two to four weeks where we just interact with the customers, making like a short online demo or something like that. Uh, and then we have more the enterprise, uh, and that can take everything from like two months to oh, geez, enterprise three, three years. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, uh, that's that's a totally different uh, sales process, of course. So, it's, uh, four different processes we, we, we have today.
0: Interesting. Okay, and. Uh... So what is, what is, why do you have so many different sales processes just because there's different clients?
1: Yeah. Uh, you, you, you can... hey, hey. Uh, the reason why we have so much no touch is that uh, our product is built that every time one of our customers use the product against their customers, they actually get exposed to the platform. And if they like the experience when, when they have signed a contract or viewed a proposal or whatever, uh, it's very easy for them to convert to become a, a free customer, free uh, customer demo. So that's why we have a lot of no touch, and then slowly they, they start to upgrade and become like a normal paying customer. And uh, the partners. Because uh, since we're handling a part of the sales process, it's very uh, natural that we are connected into the CRM ecosystem. So that's also why we work very closely with with the CRM partners. And I would say that's something we we just started with like the last, uh, because eventually, (laughs) you have a lot of SMB customers, some of them just starts to become bigger and it's it's no reason uh, because it's not so much customization with our platform so that's why it's quite easy for us to also manage bigger clients so uh, of course you need to focus but uh, instead of focus on on, uh, different type of customer segments, we try to focus on different of verticals, uh, that's work a lot with proactive sales process and so on. Uh, but but if I needed to remove one, uh, I would remove uh, enterprise because uh, that that's not the traditional use case for us.
0: Mm. Yeah. 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 Because enterprise is just like a painful process, man.
1: Yeah, but it challenges you as a company a lot with security and uh, and a lot of things. So uh, as much as no ch- touch challenge uh, our ease of use, uh, enterprise challenge us on like security and, and making sure to to have different type of uh, functions to to integrate to uh, yeah uh, management tools and so on.
0: So so um, you've definitely seen some success here, um, but and you're working with Y Combinator, but. I think the audience likes to hear about the things you had to overcome too. So from the very beginning, um, what did you, like, was there ever a moment that just was really, really, really tough for you? And you just were thinking about potentially quitting or uh, doing something else. Um, Was there, can you talk about any of those moments that you had?
1: Yeah, we had a lot of challenges. I mean, we're uh, moving to to uh, US as a Swede. Uh, it, it was like like directly back from school again. We had zero network. <laughs> we, we didn't know where to start. We didn't do a company. So like, how do you start a company in the in the states? As uh, yes, like okay, <laughs> how, how should we manage this? So, so it it was so much uh, challenges in the beginning, and. and we have, when we had all of that in place, like, okay, now we went to, to the US companies, and they just started to ask so many different questions that we needed to, to understand. And uh, finally, we figured it out and solved it. And, uh, like, oh, yes, now we have uh, some, some great US customers. So we onboarded them, and we did like we always done in, in Europe, and then we just invoiced them. But Mm -hmm. uh, (laughs) what we learn is that no one pays invoice, uh, uh, traditional invoice in in the US. It's only credit. Credit card payments. So everything we sold the first six months, we didn't get paid at at all. We didn't, oh my gosh! We didn't to, change, to change them and like, oh, can you please like pay with credit card instead? <laughs> so so that was like a big challenge for us. And and I think that's what's happening when you're coming from a totally different culture. Uh, you're just used to all your traditional processes. Um, so. Uh, to survive back then, we, we just figured out, okay, we need to work uh, against U.S. and Europe at the same time. So, so we actually worked daytime uh, against U.S. and then we went home, with family, and kids to bed, nine to three again uh, against Europe instead. So we had two shifts, but with the same people. Uh, so, so that that was tough we did that for six months we couldn't even drive because then we fell asleep so that was uh <laughs> definitely like, like the toughest time in, in my life but so- uh we, we grew a 23 percent week over week tr- during uh, those six months so that was definitely worth it we learned so much and if it wasn't that we worked so hard uh, we will have gone bankrupt if we just uh, worked against us Mm,
0: you would have gone bankrupt if you didn't keep working hard.
1: That's yeah.
0: Important. Wow.
1: So that was, uh, of course, very... Uh, to, to summarize, you, the U.S. market was harder than we thought in the beginning. Now, <laughs> uh, four years later, we understand it better. But sti- still, we run into, like, when you start to work with enterprise, it's a big difference with enterprise in U.S. compared to Europe.
0: So in that process, did you ever think about doing something else? Like, did you ever think about maybe we should, you know, not be in the U.S. market? Uh,
1: We did never think about closing down the company, but we definitely evaluated ourselves if we were ready for the U.S. market. Actually,
0: yeah, because I think like people that come from other countries, they just think that. You know, there's so much money in the U.S. and everyone has millions of dollars because that's what they see on TV. You know, yeah. <laughs> seen the
1: Sil- Silicon Valley show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and so and so when people come here, they're like,
0: "Wow, oh, we're gonna be rich," <laughs> you know. And then then reality sets in. You know, not everyone is like. And, and not everyone is going to give up their money like that quickly in the U.S. It's still hard to, to collect money from people regardless of where you are, right? Absolutely. <laughs> so I think uh, so. it was a huge culture shock to you, huh?
1: As, uh, we actually had so much uh, uh, chat and funny things going on, so we decided to record. A reality show ourselves, so we actually done our own uh, uh, YouTube channel inside Silicon Valley. So if you want to see all our mistakes, so just Google inside Silicon Valley at YouTube, and you can f- can follow all w- when we are overdressed uh, meeting investors and uh, yeah, <laughs> stuff like that.
0: <laughs> you were overdressed meeting investors. How can you be overdressed meeting investors? Yeah,
1: they, they want they want you to have a cool T-shirt, uh, <laughs> not co- coming in directly from <laughs> from the yeah, uh, Ralph Lauren shop. <laughs>
0: so, so like, wh- why combinators like that, huh? I, I I see him wearing a t shirt. Uh, what's his name? Um, ah, I forgot his name, but but uh, he always wears a t shirt. To,
1: to yeah, yeah all, all of them uh, all, always <laughs> have the t. So so uh, that, that was actually the first feedback they had. Like you, but uh, please don't overdress. <laughs>
0: That's hilarious. <laughs> it's, a di- it's a different type of culture um, these days, you know, especially with those type of entrepreneurs. It's so weird. You don't know how to dress. And, and, no, uh, no, no, no. It, 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 it,
1: it was really hard for us. I mean, coming from Europe, you're used to like, like you need to, to, to look like a professional and you want, want to have like... No, it's,
0: uh, it's the same way here too, but you just don't know what you're getting so you have to do a lot of research so yeah if you're meeting with y combinator yeah please wear wear like ripped jeans maybe <laughs> and and uh, a weird t-shirt and you'll, be, you'll fit in, right? But,
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: But, uh, but, but then you have other investors where you need to look really, really professional. So it really depends, right?
1: Yeah, so, of course. No, no, I, th- I think uh, Silicon Valley and especially San Francisco is, is, is a bit unique there. And it, and it took us like six months to just understand that as well. So, <laughs> yeah.
0: Hey, Matthias, uh, really quick. I like my podcast to be uh, authentic. I'm going to get my battery uh, charger here uh, just really quick. So I'm going to be gone for like 30 seconds, but I'll be right back. Okay. Yeah, no worries. All right. Honestly, honestly, Matthias, like you just made my day with that. <laughs> 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 That's hilarious. I've been, I've done the same thing to like, I've done the same thing. Cause I'm not, I'm, I'm like not sure, but I think the most important thing is being yourself, right? Like it doesn't matter. Um, what? how everyone else dresses. But at the same time, you don't want to feel awkward, you know? So, you know, maybe dress dress down for one meeting, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I mean, then we also have we had a, some really fun situa- situations. I mean, uh, we are from Sweden. We just learned English in schools. So when we moved over, starting to talk English, uh, or American, then, then like, like yeah, my co-founder was sitting in a car like yeah, like you know we are not native speaking, uh, we are not native Americans, and he didn't mean to to what he said. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's hilarious. Um, so so, so it, it it wasn't meant to, to be that we're Indians. It, it's
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Um, was there any uh, was there any other like so? Did you how long did the Y Combinator meeting last and and how long before they decided to work with you?
1: Uh, so so the Y Combinator, Combinator interview is only ten minutes uh, and uh, we prepare like one week uh, for for that ten minutes because during the ten minutes you need to present your company vision why you will be the ones changing the world uh, make a product presentation and uh, yeah everything during 10 minutes so we started to to talk English, we started to like like who should answer uh, the different questions and uh, just to make sure that we didn't uh, lose any time of the 10 minutes so yeah, one week more or less just rehearsal, all the potential questions that could could come up and uh, uh, we had the meeting and uh, they said uh, either we call you tonight and you will uh, be accepted to Y Combinator Uh, or uh, we will email you and uh, the interview was for us like 3 o'clock in the afternoon and at 8 o'clock night time we just like ah okay we didn't get in so yeah let's go out and have some drinks instead and uh, just when we were standing and waiting for for, uh, the Uber uh, they called and said that we got accepted and then uh, that was a big party that night and we needed to change profile at Airbnb Uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's awesome um, and so do you mind if I ask
0: you what their investment was or if you do not want to mention that
1: no I it, 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 it's, it's always the same uh, so they, they, they you don't negotiate with Y Combinator they always invest uh, 1.2 million and they take 7% in shares so it's, it's standard terms for everyone really yeah and then they all, always follow on all the uh, fund, uh, fundraising going forward
0: are they? Do they have a high success rate?
1: Yeah, uh, I mean that's why the, why it's the most prestigious uh, uh, company accelerator in the world, uh, and that was the reason why we wanted to get accepted by them. Wow!
0: So you can say you're backed by Y Y Combinator. Um, that's great. And so when when you got the investment, what did you what did you do with that investment? What was what was the next step? <laughs>
1: We actually <laughs> did, did, did a uh, practical joke against Y Combinator because my <laughs> co-founder, he just he bought a Tesla uh, and the Tesla uh, cost exactly 1.2 million more or less uh, or, or 100, oh, so, sorry, I'm talking Swedish now. So 120K, uh, that's oh, okay. what why, okay. uh, So it was 1.2 million Swedish krona. So we, we just said that to, we bought the Tesla for the money. <laughs> we really got upset because we... we, we we made it look like a rally car, like from Sweden, like all our sponsors, like Y Combinator, Amazon, and so on. <laughs> They're really like, you didn't buy the Tesla for the money? Yeah, we did. We, we didn't know what to use them. I mean, we we <laughs> were profitable, so we don't need the money. Ah, you, you're kidding. You can't buy the Tesla for the money. <laughs> and then one week later, we, we just said that, of course, we didn't buy the Tesla.
0: <laughs> oh, my gosh. So I don't so know we, how we t- good of a joke that is, though.
1: <laughs> 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 I don't know if that's a good idea. They didn't, <laughs> they didn't like it. We liked it, <laughs> uh, oh, but they they liked it afterwards.
0: <laughs> they liked it afterwards. They're like, "Oh my gosh, thank you, thank you for not wasting our money."
1: <laughs> to Swedes. Um, uh, no, so, so of course yesterday study in uh, in uh, just. Uh, um, Bu- buying computers and, and uh, hiring our first employees and so on. Yeah. Our last company was actually built uh, organic and profitable. So I think we have really learned like, how to spend money in, in a good way and not burn too much. And that's something we still do.
0: Wait, so, so the last company was completely organic. You had yeah. no investment. Why did you decide to, to that company to not get an investment and then start... Um, getting investments or working with investment firms with this company?
1: So with the last company, we were actually profitable. Uh, so, I mean, we had the EBITDA. Uh, so the profit level was like 10 to 20%, depending on years. So we didn't need to any external investments. Uh, and we could, could double the growth every year anyway. Uh, but it's a little bit different when you want to work uh, in, in the U.S. Because the salary levels is like more than double uh, the amount so you need if you want to scale a company fast in the US you really need investments so I would say it's, it's different based on uh, on salary level and compensation hmm
0: got it um, <clears throat> interesting I think you know some people have you always been open to an investment because a lot of people aren't open to investments especially when they're making money but like, do you feel like everybody should be open to it?
1: Absolutely not because it can increase the stress level a lot and it, it can actually make you fail your company yeah, because if you get in wrong investors, they maybe have ideas, what you want, uh, what you should build and how you should scale it. And, and I think many companies, if you don't have control how to st- scale a company fast, it's really hard to make it right. I mean, we get except We've been growing. So last year, uh, we've been growing from 23 people to over 100. Uh, and if that was the first time, uh, my first company, we will fail big time. Uh, really? You need, to, you need to have full control how to scale people and keep control. Mm-hmm. So I, I think when you get too much money, it's easy to, to, to fail because you lose control. So definitely uh, think twice if you need money and what you need them for and and how much you need.
0: Yeah, you could get the wrong investor, completely wrong investor, and this investor could be telling you things that don't really uh, advance the the mission of the company, and, and more so advance the immediate uh, capital needs of the investor. Um, which I think uh, so it, it is really important. So for me, like I'm not opposed to getting investors, but it would have to be the right right investor. Like because we're right now we're profitable, so. Um, it's just not it's not in the cards for me to want to have investors come in Um, but I'm not opposed to having them but they'd have to be very strategic yeah
1: you you, you should take reference on them as like a a new employee Uh, and really like how 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 do they handle companies when they are not going well Uh, so you know how, how they will behave if you're not profitable anymore for instance
0: what do, you, what do you think makes for a healthy investor? What do you think uh, a healthy investor looks like?
1: Uh, first of all, I really think they need to understand what you're doing. Uh, so, the reason, <laughs> one of the reasons why we picked up our uh, latest investor was actually that they used our platform against us, uh, sending like the pitch deck, the presentations, like why we should choose them as an investor. And that really made us understand that they understood the product. Some of our uh, potential investors, th- to be honest, I don't think they really did understand what we are doing, uh, but they liked the numbers. Mm. So, I, th- I think shoes. Uh, investors that really understands what you what you're doing because you need them on a strategic level you can always fund um, uh, find money if that's the only thing you need uh, but, but uh, finding strategic investors that can help you that's uh, much much harder
0: got it got it why do you think Y are so successful like wh- what do you think they do that I think
1: they have seen the pattern on what type of entrepreneurs that really stands out from, from the average. Uh, so, so they really like if you have built companies before, so you really understand like the big challenge that you will come into that it will not be easy, uh, because you have a lot of dreamers out there as well. So I think they really like when they see it, it, it doesn't be the perfect idea, but it, it needs to be the right people. So I think Y Combinator is really good in finding the right people.
0: They focus more on the, the person than the business.
1: Yeah, I, w- I would say like one third of all the uh, business ideas that get accepted into to Y Combinator, two years later, they are different. Uh, they have did, changed uh, focus or did totally pivot. So um, absolutely.
0: Mm, interesting. Interesting. That's, that's awesome. Um, okay, so you, earlier you talked about culture. Yeah. Um, besides parties because <laughs> ah. <laughs> I know you like parties but what, what are you doing besides parties to build your culture right now?
1: Uh, so, so we work a lot with, we, we actually hired a person uh, working 100% with our culture she, her title is Culture Hero uh, just to make sure that everyone okay. feeling great and so on and then we very much communication tools uh, to, to make a uh, questions every week uh, how, how people uh, getting like the temperature of it, so be proactive if we see any challenge at any office and so on and uh, just talk a lot with all your employees so every morning when I come into the office I always go, go around and talk with every each one of them uh, just say hi uh, just get to know that um they're having a good day, or if they want to talk. So I, I think investing that time in your employees is is very important. Uh, apart from that, uh, is just hiring great leaders that can be role models for uh, for the other ones.
0: I love it. I love it. So I'm always, I've always, I've always been curious. When somebody hires a culture person, just specifically for culture, yeah, what, what is their what is their daily responsibility? Is it to hear the problems of all the employees on, on a consistent basis.
1: So, so, so our culture here work very closely with HR, making sure. So the OKRs for her uh, is really to to like employee MPs, so making sure everyone feeling that they develop and so on so uh, working closely with the managers to, to say if they see yeah this office needs better like environment maybe we need to move to another office space or uh, we need to invest more more for better air air here so it can be like everything from high to low uh, just making sure everyone really likes to being at this company
0: mm. and, uh, and so that just means developing relationships with everyone yeah um and so how do you give her the authority to build relationships with everyone like cuz not everyone is um going to be receptive to um a culture builder i think it's really important um but i'm just curious as to how she's doing this like how is she building relationships how is she going out and how is she maintaining the culture that's culture is really important it needs to be um, you know, looked at very vigilantly. Um, it needs to be consistently, uh, uh, uh you know, adjusted and uh, maintained, regardless. But how are you giving her the authority to to manage that culture? Because to give that to one person, be that's not the entrepreneur. It seems to me that it's very hard. But what is your thought process behind that?
1: I mean, we have very, very strong core values. Uh, And if you have strong core values, it's very easy for for her and all the other employees to like understanding what they need to do to to like building a better and stronger company culture. So more or less travel around and and just uh, make sure activities, team activities with everyone. Uh, Her goal is uh, to have the, the highest yes sorry you're breaking you're breaking she, up a little you're breaking up a little bit i don't know if it's my end or your end um oh, okay sorry
0: her, her goal is uh,
1: what she can do to like increase our uh, employee mps uh, that people wants to to uh, to stay and recommend us as, as a uh, workplace so uh, tra- traveling around arranging activities and interviewing all employees uh so I'm, i think it's very very clear and, and like i said since we have very strong core values it's it's easier for for her to like, like have the mandate to do what, what needs to be done
0: absolutely absolutely okay um and so um has there ever been a uh challenge in, in your culture that you've had to address and then uh, we'll conclude the podcast and you can uh announce uh you know a um, selling proposition that you have, but tell me a little bit about that like ha- has there been a challenge regarding you know the culture that you 've built uh,
1: yeah of, of course uh, I, I mean we have a, like a very family friendly culture so so uh, some people actually spend too much time here uh, and, and sometimes you need to like force them to go home uh, oh. to to make sure that they actually oh. Keep, keep keep the right level of energy, and, and when you have culture of, of uh, building a successful uh, employees and and a successful culture, uh, sometimes you need to to like uh, see when you need to stop people and uh, go home and rest.
0: Wow, well, it's a testament to your culture. Everybody wants to stay, <laughs> so uh, that's wonderful. Uh, okay, so you know where do they go to get get accept? I know, like you know. You, you covered GetAccept Accept and, and what, it, what it does exactly. Um, but how, how can they you know, try out the software? How can anyone listening go and, and, and uh, test it out and see how they could, it would work for their company?
1: Yeah, it's very easy. To, just to go to the webpage getaccept.com. Uh, and if you want to, to know more about us as founders, and, and uh, all our cultural clashes and so on, you just go to YouTube channel Inside Silicon Valley. So that's where you can okay. can follow us. And of course, on all our other social...
0: <laughs> I'm definitely going to check it out. <laughs> for sure. <laughs>